this episode of Cold Talk. I'm your host, Cole Martin. Thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to subscribe and or follow button together so when the newest episodes are released. Uh, my podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms that include Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, anywhere you can find podcasts. My podcast should be available on there, so don't forget to hit the subscribe and the follow button to get again ep- uh, alerts when new episodes are released. Also, I want to thank my brother Matt Landon Martins for the amazing artwork on the page. To see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at F R F A N C Y L A N. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the MLB playoffs. Those are continuing to happen right now. We'll go over what happened in the divisional series and take a quick little preview into the championship series, which will be starting up here pretty soon. We'll talk about last week's key games in the NFL in college football. The NASCAR round of eight begins at Las Vegas, and the NBA season is set to begin this week. But we'll start off this episode Talking about what happened in the MLB this week. A lot of great action here in the MLB and a lot of upsets as well. And both of the uh, series in the NLDS were upsets this week. As we'll start off with that. And we'll start off with the number 6 seed Philadelphia Phillies beating the number 2 seed Atlanta Braves in a 3-1 in the series. I should also uh, accept my mistake from last week. For some reason I was thinking all these games were 7 series. All these games were best of 5 series. Uh, So I got my apologies on that one. But again, the Phillies did beat the Braves 3-1 in this series. And we'll go through each one of the games here real quickly. In game one, the Phillies were able to pick up the win 7-6. Uh, right, right fielder Nick Castellanos, 3-5 for five in this game, 3 RBIs on a run. And third baseman Alec Boom went 1-4 for four in this game with 2 RBIs as well. As Braves got all uh, got 3 runs in the ninth inning to help them pick up the win in this one. And pick up the upset uh, on the road to begin this series. But the Braves would bounce back in Game 2, winning the game 3 to nothing. All three runs coming in the 6th inning. As starting pitcher Kyle Wright six, pitched 6 innings, 2 hits allowed, with uh, also striking out 6 uh, batters. Matt Olsen, Austin Ridley, and uh, Travis uh, Arno each had an RBI in that game for the Braves. Again, all coming in the 6th inning. In Game 3, Phillies would hit the gas pedal once again, beating up on the Braves 9-1. Starting pitcher Allen... Uh, uh, Aaron, excuse me. Nola went six innings, five hits allowed with six Ks. Uh, first baseman Reese Hoskins went one for three in this game, but had a three-run RBI to give uh, the Phillies a bit more of a lead. And Bryce Harper, the designated hitter in this one, went two for four with two-run RBI. Also had three RBIs in this game and two runs. So again, Phillies putting it on the Braves. And then the Phillies would tap it off in game four with an 8-3 victory as catcher JT Remote Muto went two for five in this game, also with a solo in the park home run in this one, uh, getting two RBIs as well, as he was the first catcher to hit an in the park home run in postseason history. So, congratulations to Real Moto on that one. Also, Harper having a good game in this one as well. He's went two for five with a solo home run and two RBIs. So, again, the Phillies getting a big upset against their. NL East rival, the Braves, as they now move on to the NLCS, where they will be taking on another team picking up surprising win in their series. The San Diego, oh, San Diego, San Diego, I can't even say it. San Diego uh, Padres, the number five seed, beat the number one seed Los Angeles Dodgers 3-2-1. In game one, the Dodgers would pick up the win. That one to take the early lead as they won that one 5-3. Shortstop Turner went two for four in that one, a solo home run and two RBIs. Will Smith, Max Munchie, Munchie and uh, Justin Turner each had an RBI in that game. But here comes the Padres that win game two, five to three. As third baseman Manny Machado, two for five with a solo home run and two RBIs. Second baseman Jake Cromenworth uh, went one for four with a solo home run, two RBIs and two runs. Padres on to keep game two, a uh, game three, I should say. 2-1, starting pitcher Blake Schnell, 5 and one third innings pitch, 5 hits allowed, 1 earned run and 6 Ks. Center fielder Trent uh, Grisham with 2-4 for four with a solo home run, and Cronenworth once again coming up big, 2-4 for four with an RBI. And then the Padres would wrap up Game 4 with a 5-3 victory, 
as they take out the Dodgers. Cromenworth, again, having another big game. Two for four, two RBIs. Kaishan Kim, uh, Juan Soto, and Austin Nola each had an RBI in this game. And all runs coming in the seventh inning. So it was a great seventh inning stretch for the Padres, who were down three to nothing. Score five runs in that seventh. And then we'll take home the win and would go now to the NLCS, where they'll be taking on the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, take a little bit of that series here now. Uh, these two have gone head-to-head -head seven times this season. The Phillies won four out of the seven, so going four and three. So this game could possibly lead to a game seven in this series. Uh, should be a very interesting one in this uh, overall. Uh, if I had to make a pick, I do think this game is going to end up going to game seven. Who is going to win this one? Uh, the Padres, surprisingly, have to be in the five seed. Will be have home field advantage. I want to say that might be the big difference in this one. Uh, but I feel like I almost want to go with the Phillies in this one. I just like the way they were batting in that series. I think the bats were hot. I think that could be key for this Philly teams in this series. And I think this will go to a game seven. But I think Phillies will get the upset once again. And the sixth seed will be heading to the World Series and become the National League champions. Now let's head over to the ALDS, where the number one seed Houston Astros were able to sweep the number five seed Seattle Mariners three to nothing. And game one, the Astros would win eight seven. Uh, left fielder Jordan Alvarez went three for five. This one five RBIs, two runs, and including a walk off three run homer in the ninth inning. So a big at bat with two outs in the ninth for Alvarez to pick up the win for the Astros. Third baseman Alex Bergman. Uh, one for three in this game. Two RBIs, one run, and a two-run home run in the eighth. And starting pitcher of Justin Verlander, who is looking to be possibly the Young winner in the AL. Uh, not a great uh, starting for him in the playoffs as he pitched four innings, allowed ten hits, six runs, and three Ks. Luckily, his offense was able to bounce back and get the win in that one. In game two, it was Astros four to two. Alvarez again going one for three with the go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning. Uh, Bergman and Kyle Tucker each had an RBI in that one. And then game three ended one to nothing, even though it was pretty much game three and four. This game went 18 innings. Uh, shortstop uh, Jeremy Pena went and had the go-ahead solo home run in the 18th inning. But I give credit to both these starting pitchers. Uh, Lance McClutters Jr. on six innings, two hits, and seven Ks for the Astros. For Seattle, George Kirby went seven innings, six hits, five Ks for him. As this is the longest postseason game to ever go scoreless. Again, went to the 18th inning scoreless. Uh, before that, it was set previously in this playoffs in the wild card where Cleveland and I believe it was Tampa Bay went 15 innings scoreless to before uh, Gonzalez hit a home run to cut the game away for Cleveland. And the next series, speaking of Cleveland, is between the number three seed Cleveland Guardians and the number two seed New York Yankees and as this video is getting put out they have yet to play game five so the series is currently tied 2-2 with the winner take all happening either on Tuesday night or we'll see if this one gets rained out because it's raining quite a bit here in Michigan right now so that might be heading over to New York so we'll see what the weather looks like on Tuesday night for them uh, but the series will be coming to an end sooner or later but we'll go over the four games that have happened so far in game one the Yankees won that one four to one uh, first baseman Anthony Rizzo won one for four in that one, but had a two-run uh, home run to help out the team. Uh, starting pitcher Garrett Cole, six and one-third innings, four hits, one earned run, and eight Ks in that one. The Guardians would end up winning game two, four to two in the tenth inning as Ahmed uh, Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, and Josh Naylor well, all went two for five in this game. Each had one RBI and a run each in the game. Uh, so again, the Guardians were able to come back, pick the win in that one. Uh, Guardians would also take game three, winning at six to five. Gonzalez a two-run double in the ninth inning to walk off the game for the Guardians as uh, Rosario also had an RBI single in the ninth. As the Yankees came into this game 167 and 0 when leading by multiple runs in the ninth inning in the playoffs. That is an ESPN uh, come from ESPN stats, so a big game there. And also Oscar Gonzalez is the first Cleveland player with multiple walk-offs in a single postseason. Again, coming from ESPN stats. So a big comeback from the Guardians in Game 3. But the Yankees were able to answer back in Game 4, winning 4-2. to two. Center fielder Harrison uh, Bader went 1-3, for three, two, uh, uh, two run home run. And a uh, Rizzo also went going 2-4 for four in this game with a home run of uh, RBI, I should say. And now we wait for Game 5, which is expected to happen on Tuesday night. If not, of course, the rain going through the area. We'll see if it happens on Wednesday. 
but the ALCS right now, we're going to see which one of these two teams will take on the Houston Astros, who have home field advantage with them being the number one seed. Uh, this is the Houston Astros' sixth straight ALCS, which is an AL record. Uh, as they, again, wait to see who they will play. Uh, looking at the head-to-head -head for both uh, teams they could possibly play this season against Cleveland. Uh, Houston is 4-3 and three on the season, winning uh, that series. So, again, a possible series that could go to a Game 7 if it looks anything like the regular season. And against New York Yankees this year, Houston won that series 5-2. to two. Uh, So, again, two great uh, teams that we could see Houston play against. A very, very young Cleveland team, which is getting some great experience here in the playoffs. And also a very talented New York Yankees team, which... Uh, Anything can happen to this team. And Aaron Judge also struggling in this series. I believe he began this series 0 for 7, which I believe was about... He had he went 0 for 4 in the first game with 4 strikeouts. So that was a very bad start for the what who could, more likely is going to be the MVP of the season. Uh, of course, breaking the home run record as well this year in the AL. Uh, but again, a very slow start for Aaron Judge here so far. In this postseason, so we'll see if he maybe picks it up here in Game 5 where they'll be at home for that one as well. But again, uh, the winner of that game will take on the Houston Astros. The series is expected to start on October 19th, which is on Wednesday. But again, if this game gets right out to late, that game will probably be pushed back a day as well. So a uh, lot going on here in the AL side of things. But we'll see what happens between Cleveland and the Yankees uh, in the Game 5 of that series. And also, speaking of some news coming out of the MLB, the Minnesota Twins shortstop Carlos Carrera will opt out of his deal and become a free agent this offseason. He said he is still interested in playing for the Twins, but we'll see if he uh, is just looking to get a bigger deal out of this. Uh, I'm expecting that he's looking for when opting out of this. So we'll see if the Twins will try to give him that bigger deal, or they will just let him go and just let him sign somewhere else if they don't want to pay as much as he is hoping to get. But again, we will see uh, where Carlos Carrera will go here at some point here this offseason, but we'll see if he'll be returning to the Minnesota Twins. Now let's head over to football as we talk about NFL and Week 6 in the NFL, as we'll start off with the big game of the week and what possibly could have been considered one of the big, biggest games of the year, as the battle between two of the top teams, not just in the NFL, but in the AFC. But the Buffalo Bills were able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24-20. A big rematch of last year's AFC Divisional uh, Round game uh, where the Bills would end up getting revenge in this one over the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills now move to 5-1 on the season and become the number one team in the AFC. As quarterback Josh Allen in this one going throwing for 329 yards, three touchdowns, but did have a fumble loss and a very costly toss that I don't believe his uh, receiver McKenzie could, was looking for at all. Uh, but in this one, wide receiver Stefan Diggs leading the receiving side. 10 receptions for 148 yards and a touchdown. Running back Devin Singletary for 85 yards. Wide receiver Gabriel Davis, three receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. Tight end uh, Dawson Knox with a touchdown as well. And linebacker Vaughn Miller coming up big on the defensive side with two sacks in the game. And for Kansas City, they dropped to now 4-2 on the season. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, 3 for 338 yards. Two touchdowns, but did have two interceptions, including a costly one to end the game. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, five receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Travis Kelsey, eight receptions for 108 yards. And wide receiver Mikael Hardman with a touchdown in this one as well. As this one, a very back-and-forth game at times, it seemed like. It seemed like Kansas City had a big advantage here early in the game, but Buffalo was able to bounce back. And tie the game up at halftime. And this game remained close throughout until Buffalo was able to get that late touchdown to take the lead. Uh, again, a couple of big uh, interceptions by Peck Mahomes in this one. That may have cost them this one. But Buffalo, proving that they are still the number one team in the NFL to mess with. That they are still probably, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. Uh, even though Kansas City, I think, is a close second. Uh, Eagles, again, we'll talk about them here in a second, uh, are up there as well. But these are obviously, in my opinion, the top two teams in the NFL. Uh, but again, Buffalo proven they are still the number one team to mess with the NFL uh, coming into this year. And they will remain on top as they were able to beat, again, the Chiefs 24-20. to Then also in a battle in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles will remain undefeated as they beat the Dallas Cowboys 26-17. to Again, the Eagles go to 6-0 on the season. Quarterback Jalen Hurts not having that impressive a game. 155 yards passing, two touchdowns, and four sacks he suffered in that game. Running back Miles Sanders with 71 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver A.J. Brown with five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Devontae Smith also with a touchdown this game. And safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson with two interceptions this game. 
As for the Dallas Cowboys, they went 4-2 and two after that, suffering that loss. Quarterback Cooper Rush struggling in this one on 18 passes for, went 18 for 36 for 181 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions thrown in that one. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, 81 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver C.D. Lamb, five receptions for 68 yards. And tight end Jake Ferguson with a touchdown as well. As this is also the first time this Dallas defense has allowed multiple touchdowns in a game this season. Also the first time they've allowed over 20 points as well. As them and the Niners coming this week with only two teams to do that. As both teams this week allowed 20 points and suffered a loss. Uh, but again, this Dallas team just couldn't get the offense clicking at times. I've seen that Cooper Rush just... Could not figure out a way to get past this Philly defense. This is the first three interceptions he's thrown on the season. Uh, but the time has come now. Dak Prescott will be coming back next week as he takes on my Detroit Lions. Sadly, the Lions are not going to be looking uh, too excited. Me as a Lions fan, not excited to hear that Prescott's going to be coming back. He's probably going to be on beat up that Lions defense quite a bit. So if you have a Cowboys offensive player, I would definitely put him in next week. Uh, but again, in this one, the Eagles are able to pick up the win. Not doing it impressively, though, because I feel like if Cooper Rush did not throw those interceptions, this game could have came down to the wire and possibly to a Cowboys win as the Eagles were able to get great field position again. We're not able to get too many yards in this game to capitalize off that. Uh, but either way, the Eagles were able to pick up the win in this one, and they would remain undefeated as they remain, again, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Now to a couple surprises this week as the New York Giants take beat the Baltimore Rams 24-20. New York going to 5-1 this season, already going over the win total from last year. That's quarterback Daniel Jones, 173 yards passing in this one. Two touchdowns, did get sacked four times in this one though. Running back Shaquan Barkley, 83 yards, one touchdown. Tight end Daniel Bellinger. Five receptions, 38 yards, and one touchdown leading receiving. And wide receiver Wondell Robinson with a touchdown as well in this game. As for Baltimore, they now move to 3-3 three and three on the season. Running back Kenyon Drake, 119 yards rushing this game and one touchdown. Tight end Mark Andrews, seven receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. And quarterback Lamar Jackson, 210 yards passing, one touchdown, one costly interception at the end of the game. And I guess it ran for 77 yards in a fumble loss in that game as well. As for the Giants, again, they keep on just sticking around at the end of the games. Yes, their stats still look pretty overall. But the defense does enough to keep this team around towards the end. And that is exactly what they did. And the offense really capitalized on the end of this game to win it. Uh, again, Baltimore making a big mistake near the end of the game with Lamar Jackson throwing an interception. Uh, again, Baltimore just not getting things rolling near the end of the game. Uh, suffering another upsetting loss. I believe Giants uh, Ravens were up a big margin at one point. I think it was 23 or something like that. Uh, they ended up coughing up, up the lead. Uh, again, I think it's the third time this year they've had a over double-digit lead that they lost to now. So again, Baltimore able to get the lead in these games, just cannot capitalize at the end of the games as now they dropped a 3-3 three and three, and I believe they are now tied again uh, for the division lead with the Cincinnati Bengals. And speaking of New York State of Mind, the New York Jets were able to go to Lambeau and beat the Green Bay Packers 27-10. The Jets moving now to 4-2 on the season. Running back Brees Hall with 116 yards rushing this one and a touchdown. Quarterback Zach Wilson only throwing for 110 yards in this game. Leading receiving was Corey Davis, two receptions for 52 yards. Wide receiver Braxton Burials with one rushing touchdown this game. Defense tackle Quinton Williams with two sacks on... The defensive side for him. And also uh, on special teams, Will Parks with a 20-yard block punt return for a touchdown. So special teams and defense coming up big in this one for the New York Jets. Helping out this offense. Of course, Brees Hall, the rookie, having another great game on the ground. As for the Packers, they now drop to 3-3 three and three on the season. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers throwing for 246 yards. One touchdown, four sacks, and a fumble loss. Tight end Tony Tunyon, 10 receptions for 90 yards. Wide receiver Alan Lazard. Four receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. And leading the backfield is running back A.J. Dillon with only 40 yards, 41 yards rushing. Uh, but again, the Jets, their defense coming out strong to begin this season. They are looking good. Running back Priest Hall continuing to look good uh, on the, as a running back leading this offense. Another 100-yard rushing game for him. As for the Green Bay Packers, they can just not get things going for them. Aaron Rodgers is just not, I feel like, connected to the receivers good enough yet. Uh, he's... Just trying to get used to these rookies and young guys. Cobb, I believe, got hurt at one point in this game. Randall Cobb. So he lost his veteran receiver in this one. So now we're relying on a bunch of young guys. Uh, just things are not clicking 
for this Packers team so far this year as they continue to struggle. And that just seems like it'd be a key thing for a lot of veteran quarterbacks this year. We've seen uh, Russell Wilson struggle last night against, um, excuse me, Monday night against the, uh, I can't remember, they played a lot of late Chargers where they suffered a loss in overtime that one. Tom Brady cannot get things going for the Buccaneers as they suffered an upset loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Uh, so, so, yeah, again, a lot of just veteran quarterbacks. It seems like they are struggling so far this year. Um, it, might, it might just be time for like, a lot of these guys will be hanging up their hats pretty soon. I expect Tom Brady to retire after this year. Aaron Rodgers might be retiring if, teams, if this team continues looks like this for the remainder of the season. Uh, again, just the old guys struggling so far this year as we see the, continue, the young talent continue to rise and rise as the weeks go on here and the years go on as well. Uh, but age looks like it's catching up for Rodgers, Brady, and other quarterbacks. Well, again, we'll see if these quarterbacks step it up as the year goes on, as that seems like a key thing for Brady. This team gets better as years go on, but as the day games go on. But will the same thing happen to Rodgers here as these games go on as well? But again, New York is dominating the NFL right now, especially this week. The Jets win, the Giants win, the Bills win. All of those teams looking good here so far this year. As again, the Jets pick up the win against the Packers 27-10. to now, next week in Week 7 in the NFL, as these are the games to keep an eye on this week. No major games had this week, as I believe the Bills, uh, Eagles, and uh, some other Rams, and another team had the bye next week. So a lot of very good teams having the bye next week. Uh, but again, here are the games to watch for Week 7, as we have battle in the AFC North, and a possible battle for the lead in the AFC Actually, excuse me, AFC South, that would be a battle for the lead in AFC South as a 3-2-1. and one. Indianapolis Colts head to Tennessee to take on the Titans, who are 3-2 that game at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Cleveland Browns at 2-4 and four will take on the Baltimore Ravens in a battle in the AFC North. That is at 1 p.m. as well. KC Chiefs at 4-2 and two will take on the San Francisco 49ers at 3-3. Three and three. Both those teams suffering a loss last week as that game will be at 4.25 p.m. And then on Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I just mentioned earlier, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, moving their record to two and four. Will take on the Miami Dolphins at three and three. That'll be on Sunday night football, where the Miami Dolphins will be getting a quarterback back on the lineup, and that will be Tua Tagovailoa. They have announced that he will be returning next week. Uh, was a little too soon after suffering two concussions almost a week a couple weeks ago. It seems like it's very soon, especially seeing some of the concussion protocols in NASCAR where Kurt Busch had a concussion in June has to come back. Again, I feel like you, take more, you can take more vicious hits in a race car, of course. There's a lot of bad things that can happen in a race car. But a quarterback, if they take one big hit to the head, who knows what could happen to Tua. So, again, is it uh, he's been cleared by doctors. So, I'm mean, going to guess these doctors probably had a lot of testing going on before they would clear him. So, if the doctors say he's good, I say let him go for it. But again, he'll be making his return on Sunday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, a lot of news to talk about in the NFL. We'll start off with the biggest news coming out of this week. And that is the Carolina Panthers are listening to trades for running back Christian McCaffrey right now. That's according to ESPN and Fox Sports. Uh, but the big thing question is, would you want to trade for him with his injury history? He has not been healthy for a full season and I think it's almost his entire career it seems like. So a lot of troubles for Christian McCaffrey so far in his career injury-wise. Uh, but currently right now, the leading team to get him, as possibly people are thinking, saying, are the Buffalo Bills. They'd be looking into Christian McCaffrey. Uh, maybe some other teams might be looking for a running back. Uh, we know Arizona Cardinals are looking for a running back because they have had a lot of running back injuries recently. Rams, who uh, we'll talk about here in a little bit here, are going to be losing a running back here. And they're starting to be Henderson. Uh, will he possibly go to the Rams? Uh, what other? There might be some other teams that might be looking for a running back here in the future before the trade deadline. So again, the Carolina Panthers are looking to trade a running back Christian McCaffrey at some point, possibly this year. They're listening to what teams have to say. Speaking of the Panthers trading players, they uh, ejected Robbie Anderson from their game earlier this week against the Rams. And they had heated exchange with the coach. This is from multiple reports. Uh, they ended up trading him on Monday to the Arizona Cardinals. For a 2014 six-round pick and a 2024 uh, six-round pick and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Uh, so he will be heading to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, where he'll be joined by wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who his suspension ends this week after being suspended six games for PEDs. Uh, so now he can rejoin the team. He could rejoin the team on Monday. Uh, and the Cardinals defense probably will need him back because his offense has been struggling all season long. Uh, passing wise, as the Cardinals' offense so far this season, they 
Uh, Kyler Murray is 50th overall in completion percentage at 67% overall. Last in yards per attempt at 5.8. 16th in passing yards with 1,475 so far this year. Tied for 19th in passing touchdowns with only 6. 25th in QBR with 81.4. 28th in first down percentage with only 29%. And shortest, they have the shortest longest play of the season so far with their longest play being only 32 yards. So again, this offense struggling. Another key reason having Anderson come to this team is Cardinals are going to be without wide receiver Marquise Brown for possibly six weeks with a foot injury. Uh, so Brown uh, suffering an injury on Sunday. He will be now out six weeks. So again, another six weeks without their top receiver so far this season. Of course, good to see Hopkins coming back. We're seeing him go down at least. But again, we will not be seeing Brown back on the field for the Cardinals for quite a while now. Another player suffering an injury this week was Washington Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz as he will be injured on injured reserve and will be out four to six weeks with a fractured ring finger on his throwing hand. That's from, from Mike uh, Garfolo uh, that report came from. So backup quarterback Tyler Heineke will be starting for the Commanders until he is back. Sam Howell, also the backup quarterback, the North Carolina rookie, uh, could be there in case anything happens to Heineke or he struggles in any of these games. Uh, of course, Heineke, uh, known for his legendary game against the Buccaneers a couple years a couple years ago in the playoffs, where he almost led the Commanders to beat the Buccaneers in that game. Uh, but we'll see how Heineke does controlling this offense here now for the next month or so. So again, we'll see how Heineke can do and see if he can bring that playoff run that he had against the Buccaneers back uh, for this Commanders team. Uh, I mentioned this with the Rams looking for a running back earlier. That could be because they are listening to trade offers for running back Cam Akers, who they are saying is unlikely to play for them again, according to Jay Glazer. Uh, he took this week off for personal reasons. There's no reason why he took it off. Uh, but again, there's reports that the, he does not want to play for the team anymore, and they are looking to trade him off after suffering an Achilles injury last year that made him miss a majority of the season after having a great season in his rookie year. Uh, now in his third year, he looked like he could be getting traded somewhere else. So we'll see if he will be going anywhere here soon before the trade deadline. Also on Monday night, uh, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, suffered a hamstring injury against the Chargers. So we'll see how serious that was. And a couple of topics to talk about here also. Uh, from this week, uh, free agent Odell Beckham Jr. was looking for a Michael Gallup offer from the Rams to rejoin the team. Uh, the Rams say they are also still interested in signing him. Of course, this Rams offense not looking too good so far this year. So we'll see if Odell Beckham becomes an offer, uh, becomes joining this team at some point here and gets the offer that he wants. Also, uh, I was talking about a little bit about the uh, Miami-Minnesota game this year. Is Do they have a little bit of an unfair advantage inside the stadium, I feel like? Uh, they show the degree how hot it was on each sideline in this game. For the Miami Dolphins in this game, it was at 90 degrees on their side of the field in the shade a little bit as well. They were, for the Minnesota Vikings, they were had a 120 degrees on their sideline. So a huge advantage overall for this Miami team as they were in 30 degree cooler weather on the sideline. So that my Minnesota team must have been sweating their ass off on that sideline. But again, Minnesota did pick up the win in this one. I believe it was an 8 point win for Minnesota. So and they were still able to pick up the win, but man... That is a crazy uh, temperature difference in the stadium. Uh, would not just because the NFL kind of looked at this, but again, it is your home field. You have the right to do what you want at that stadium. Uh, if you want to give yourself an advantage that way, you can give yourself an advantage this way. They've been in the stadium for a while too, so I'm surprised this is just becoming a topic right now. But either way, they have home field advantage, and that's their home field advantage, I gotta say. Stick to their, their, opponent, uh, opponent, uh, their opponents in the heat. Uh, another big topic in the NFL this week has been Dan Snyder as he released earlier this week that he has dirt on the NFL owners and uh, Roger Goodell. That is according to ESPN. He's, uh, they're saying, the people are saying that he has lawyer firm to hire private investigators to look into owners and NFL executives to try to get some information on them. Of course, Snyder not having the greatest history in the world either, either as he has had some problems throughout the years of workplace misconduct investigations that led to a punishment. Uh, he's also been accused of sexual harassment, and the team has also been accused of financial improperties. Uh, this call, according to CBS Sports. Uh, of course, the owners have the option to vote uh, Snyder out, but have yet to do so. Again, we don't know if these are true or not, if he has actual information on these owners or not. If he does, then again, not a good look for him. 
A lot of people already wanted him out. We heard on Sunday Night Football when they were on, or Thursday, I believe it was Thursday Night Football when they were on there this week. We've seen uh, Collinsworth uh, talk badly about him on there, even though he's kind of hiding it a little bit. Uh, but again, a lot of people are not happy with Dan Snyder right now. Uh, we'll be interested to see how this story develops throughout the year. Uh, but does he truly have dirt on the NFL owners and other people? Who knows? He might, he might not. Uh, this could just be a bluff to try to get people scared, to not try to fire him. Uh, but again, we'll see what this leads to later on down the line here. And last but not least in the NFL, uh, some more bad news for quarterback Deshaun Watson as that another woman has filed a, a lawsuit against him. Uh, this is his 26th now lawsuit against him. Uh, a woman who said she was improperly touched by Watson. Uh, the woman has not released her name, but the court has said the woman has released her name uh, in 24 hours on Monday uh, to include her name on the lawsuit. And still not heard anything yet from that, so I'm guessing she did not release her name. This lawsuit will probably end up getting dropped. Would not surprise me. But it seems like this is never going to end. I feel like this should be done by now. Watson's going to be coming back here in Week 12, again from his 11-game suspension, where, of course, he'll be playing his old team, the Houston Texans. Uh, again, weird suspension. Uh, I think that NFL planned this for a reason to get a, his first game back to be a rivalry game. Uh, but he's going to need to help his, help his Browns as much as he possibly can. They'll probably have to go undefeated by the time he comes back because the Browns right now at 2-4. and four. If they are looking to make the playoffs, he's going to have to make a big, big push for this team uh, for them to be able to make the playoffs. Now let's head to the younger football teams as we head to college football. There was a lot of major games happening this week. In college football, we'll start with the biggest one of the week. And number six, Tennessee is able to beat number three, Alabama, 52-49. to Tennessee remains undefeated on the season as they go to 6-0. As a big player in this game was wide receiver Jalen Hydett. As he had six receptions for 207 yards. And here's the big one. Five touchdowns on the game. So that receiver, Hydett, having a big game. Again, five touchdowns in the game. Uh, he also got some help from his quarterback, Hayden Hooker, who went through for 385 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Also had 56 yards rushing and lost a fumble. He's also the first Tennessee quarterback to beat Nick Saban. And also, you had to believe he has to be somewhere up there, at least in the top two or three in the Heisman chase. Uh, we'll see what he'll be able to do as the season goes on. But right now, after that big win, that had to give him a big boost in the Heisman. Uh, wide receiver Raymel uh, Keaton, five receptions for 78 yards for Tennessee. Running back Jalen Wright, 74 yards rushing. And running back Jabari Smalls and tight end Princeton Frant with a rushing touchdown each in the game. And for Alabama, after having a couple of bad weeks, uh, barely hanging on the Texas A&M the week prior, they suffered their first loss of the season, moving to 6-1. and one. Quarterback Bryce Young throwing for 455 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Jameer Gibbs with 103 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Tight end Cameron Latou, six receptions for 90 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks, six receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Kobe uh Printon, Printon, I got him. I knew I was going to struggle with this name. Uh, Pristus with nine receptions for 66 yards. Uh, and linebacker Dallas Turner with 11-yard fumble return for a touchdown. And also is the most points allowed by Alabama since 1907, where they allowed 54 points. That was according to ESPN stats. And again, I, I guess so it's been over 100 years since Alabama's allowed this many points, so a crazy stat there. As again, Alabama suffering a big loss here to Tennessee. As you know, Tennessee would rise in the rankings and Alabama would drop in the rankings, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. The next big game we gotta talk about is another undefeated going down as number 20, Utah beats number seven, UCLA, 43 to 42. Utah moving to five and two on the season. As they were led in this one by their tight end, Dalton uh Kincaid, as he had 16 receptions for 234 yards and a touchdown. The tight end showing off his hands in this one as quarterback Cameron Rising in this one. 415 yards, two touchdowns. Also had 60 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Also converted on a two-point conversion with 48 seconds left to give Utah the lead. So a big risk at the end of the game to give Utah the win to upset UCLA. They did not want to go to overtime. They wanted to put an end to that one with the, their last score and did. What is your Devon uh, Vele with five receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown. And running back Mika Bernard with one rushing touchdown as well. 
As for USC, they suffered their first loss of the season going to 6-1. and one. Quarterback Cabe, Wil uh, Cabe Wilson, uh, Williams I should say, 381 yards passing, 5 touchdowns and 57 yards rushing. Wide receiver Mario Williams with 4 receptions for 143 yards. Wide receiver Jordan Allison with 7 receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Josh Folo with 2 touchdowns in the game. And wide receiver Michael Jackson the third and Kyron Hudson each with a touchdown in the game. So again, a big win for Utah to keep their hopes alive for the Pac-12 championship. And for USC, a big loss. They will now drop the ranks and possibly this will knock them out for the Pac-12 championship, but it might knock, might have just knocked them out of a possible chance to go to the college football playoffs with that loss. Now we head over to the Big 12, where number 13 TCU were able to beat number 8 Oklahoma State 40-3-40 to to in over second overtime. TCU remaining undefeated on the season. They go to 6-0. What is he for Quinton Johnson? 8 receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Max Duggan, 286 yards passing, 2 touchdowns. Also ran for 57 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Kendra Miller with 104 yards rushing and 2 touchdowns. Quarterback Imari uh, DeMarcado with 62 yards running in the game as well. Tight end Jared Willey with one touchdown in the game. And kicker Griffin Kell went 3-for-3 three for, three for field goals for the Horned Frogs. And for Oklahoma State, they suffered their first loss of the season going to 5-1. and one. Quarterback Spencer Sanders struggled in this one. 16-for-36 passing, 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Did have 68 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the game, though. Our running back Dominic Richardson, three receptions, 79 yards, also 72 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver John Paul Richardson, five receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. And kicker Tanner Brown had to do a lot of work for this team as he went four for four on field goals in this one. Uh, but a big game in the Big 12, TCU uh, coming in this one as the underdog. They were to come in this, come and be able to pick up the win at home in this one. And now they have their sights on a possible undefeated season uh, going into the Big 12 and also getting a ticket to the Big 12 championship game. And then we head over to the Big 10 for our other big undefeated matchup as number 5 Michigan was able to put the throttle down and beat Penn State 41-17. Michigan now moving to 7-0 on the season as running back Donovan Edwards with 173 yards rushing and two touchdowns. But he was the only running back having a big day as running back Blake Corum. 166 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So they're off the line making big holes for both these running backs in this one. And giving them over both adding up their yardage. 300 total yards of uh, rushing. Actually over maybe even over that. Over 300 yards rushing in this one. So a great job by both these backs and by the offensive line in this game. Quarterback J.J. McCarty. With 140 yards passing, one interception was his first over of the season, and 50 yards, 57 yards rushing in the game. Wide receiver Cornelius, Cornelius Johnson leading receiving with three receptions for 43 yards. Here, Jake Moody went four for four in the game on field goals. And for Penn State, they now move to five and one of the season, and it was a struggle for their quarterback in this one as well. Shane Clifford seven for 19 on the game for 120 yards. Did have 74 yards rushing as one of those rushes was for 62 yards, which led to their only touchdown, uh, one of their touchdowns, uh, actually only off of the touchdown in the game, yes, for Penn State. Wide receiver Harrison Wallace, the third, two receptions for 57 yards. Wide receiver uh, Mitchell Tinsley, five receptions for 57 yards. Running back Cave Tron Allen with a touchdown in this game. And linebacker Curtis Jacobs had a 47-yard interception return for a touchdown in that one to keep his team in it. And that actually gave Penn State a 14-13 lead. But this team just got beat up all around in this game. Uh, Michigan showed their power on the ground at this in the second half and took away this, uh, just ran away with this one. So Michigan with a big game, possibly one of the best defenses in the country right now. But we'll see if this Michigan team can continue to run as they go on bye week next week and have a big game against their rival Michigan State, who has been struggling this year. But again, rivalry games, who knows, especially with Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, that game will be at the Big House. So we'll keep an eye on that one in a couple weeks. That game will also be at 7.30 p.m. on primetime on ABC. 
And a couple other ranked games that happened this week. Number 18, Syracuse remained undefeated as they beat number 15 at North Carolina State, 24-9. And number 22, Kentucky beats number 60, Mississippi State in SEC play, 27-17. As now we take a look at the top 10 in the AP polls. As number one and two remain the same as Georgia remains number one. Ohio State number two. At number three, Tennessee moves up three spots as they go up there to number three. Michigan moves up one spot to number four. Clemson moving down a spot to five. Alabama drops down three spots to six. Ole Miss up two to seven. TCU moves up five spots to eight. UCLA, who remains undefeated, goes up to the ninth spot, moving up two. And Oregon wraps up the top ten, moving up two spots to tenth. And two teams join the top 25 this week. Going Coming in at number 22 is North Carolina and at number 25 Tulane. Kicking out Kansas and James Madison out of the top five. And with six teams losing this week, six undefeated teams losing this week, we go from 15 to nine undefeated teams remaining. Those include UCLA, Ohio State, Clemson, TCU, Syracuse, Tennessee, Michigan, Old Miss, and Georgia. So again, those nine teams remain undefeated. We'll see what teams remain undefeated after this week as we'll have a pair of undefeated teams going head-to-head this week as our games to watch at noon. We'll have number 14 Syracuse taking on number 5 Clemson. That could be a battle for the ACC uh, who will be going to the ACC championship game. Uh, then we also have number 7 Old Miss taking on LSU at 3.30 p.m. Uh, at n- uh, number 9 UCLA will take on number 10 Oregon for a battle that could lead to the Pac-12 championship. The game at 3.30 then we also have number 24, Mississippi State, take on number 6, Alabama, as they look to bounce back from their loss. That game at 7 o'clock. And then number 17, Kansas State, looks to take down the undefeated number 8 seed, uh, number 8 ranked TCU, I should say. That game happening at 8 p.m. So a lot of great games happening next in college football. We'll see uh, if four of these undefeated teams can remain undefeated uh, after this week as they have some tough matchups. Uh, but again... Uh, a lot of great games happening. Again, the game to keep an eye on this week. Definitely Syracuse-Clemson. UCLA and Oregon will be another great game as well. We'll see if LSU will be able to surprise Old Miss uh, at home and get an upset win in SEC play. And we'll see if TCU can remain undefeated as well. Now let's talk about NASCAR as we go into the round of eight in the playoffs. The first race in that round. And in that race, Joey Logano will pick up the win in that one at Las Vegas uh, Speedway and lock himself into the championship four at Phoenix Raceway happening coming up here in the next three weeks. Uh, this is the third win for Joey Logano at Las Vegas and also his third win on the season. Uh, the t- remaining top five in this race in second place is Ross Chastain who was winning till late in that race where Logano would pass him about five laps to go. Uh, Chastain also a playoff driver. In third place, Kyle Busch. Fourth place, Chase Briscoe, who a playoff driver as well. And wrapping up the top five, also in the playoffs, is Denny Hamlin. The remaining of the playoffs drivers where they finished in 13th, William Byron. 21st was Chase Elliott, who just struggled throughout this race. And 20th was Ryan Blaney, who was running in second before wiping himself out, getting loose coming out of turn two, hitting the inside wall. And 34th place was Chase Christopher Bell, who ended up getting involved in a crash between Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, which that one is a crazy one to talk about right now, as we'll go into that one a little bit here. As coming out of turn four, Larson ended up pushing Wallace into the wall. We'd see Wallace hit the wall, and then all of a sudden just come down and just take Larson out and taking himself out as well. As Larson was coming up the track, he ended up clipping Bell from behind, uh, damaging his car enough to take him out of the race. And that is not where things would end between these uh, two as Bubba Wallace would get out of his car, charge at Larson, push him multiple times. Larson, being very self-cautious of this one, I give him all the respect in the world, just putting his hands up and letting uh, Bubba Wallace push him. He put, in, put his hands on Wallace once so just to hold him back a little bit. And Wallace kept on pushing him. Uh, so again, a bad look for Bubba Wallace in this one, in my opinion. Uh, in the interview as well, Wallace said his wheel got locked up and he couldn't control it. Even though it's pretty obvious he t- t- turned down and took him out, it seemed like. So I, I just don't believe that from Wallace. So again, a very bad image. And I would not be surprised if Wallace gets suspended a race or two in this one. Uh, kind of looking like the Matt Kenseth uh, rule where he just took out Logano in that playoff race. Uh, this cost will cost him a playoff driver, possibly a chance to advance into that championship for Lou costing him quite a bit of points, which we'll go over here a little bit as well. But again, uh, very immature move by Bubba Wallace, in my opinion. He did send out an apology 
on Tuesday, uh, mon on Monday. But again, a very costly move, which I would not be surprised if this cost him some points uh, as well. as I wouldn't be surprised if he gets suspended a race as well, if it did look like he did do it himself. But in my opinion, from what I've seen, it looks like he did purposely take out Kyle Larson in a heated moment. But again, give all the credit to Kyle Larson in the world. I think he gained a lot of fans after what he did. Just put his hands up, took the shoves, and then walked away. Uh, then, again, a lot of crowd credit to Carl Larson. I know he's had a frustrating year as well, uh, not getting kicked out of the playoffs last week and only having one win on the season after being the champion the year prior. So again, all the credit in the world to Carl Larson for what he did uh, on Sunday. But let's take a look at the round of eight playoff standings coming out of that one. Again, Joey Logano will be in first place and has already locked up his spot to race for the championship at Phoenix Raceway. In second place right now is Ross Chastain, who is 18 points behind the above the cut line. Third place, Chase Elliott, who is 17 points above the cut line. And then in fourth place in the final spot will be Denny Hamlin, who is six points above the cut line. In fifth place will be William Byron, six points out. Fifth uh, In sixth place, Chase Briscoe, nine points out. Ryan Blaney, who was probably would have been in if he wouldn't have spun out uh, late in that race. He is now 11 points out in 8th place. Christopher Bell, again, who crashed out of that race. Now 23 points out. He's going to need a lot of help uh, in these next two races to be able to do that. But now we head to the second race of the round of 8. And that is at Homestead uh, Raceway, which was previously the major trek where uh, we would see... No, excuse me, I got my phone going off here. Where we would see the playoffs uh, conclude. Uh, but again, they will head to Homestead Raceway. Uh, we will see who will pick up the win in that one. Uh, is that one uh, usually very good racing at that. Uh, a lot of drivers right, usually drive the high side in that one. So you'll see a lot of people close to the wall in that one. Uh, pretty much a big, good track for Tyler Reddick, I would say. Is he loves me to that wall and he's usually pretty fast there. Uh, but we will see where everything will end up here as we get head to Homestead Speedway. Uh, talk about a lot of news happening in NASCAR this week as we'll start off with the major news on Saturday. Kurt Busch announced he will not be returning full-time in 2023. Uh, he ended up suffering a concussion at Pocono Raceway in qualifying in June, which knocked him. Has He's been out ever since then. Uh, but what an amazing career for Kurt Busch. If, he will probably see him in a few races next year for some major ones like Indy and probably North Wicksboro. I would be surprised if he comes back for that one. But let's talk about his career, which began in 2000. He was the last driver... Currently in the Cup Series that was racing full-time to race Dale Earnhardt. Uh, his first full season was in 2021 that he did begin in 2000. In his career, he had 776 total starts in the Cup Series. 34 wins, 161 top fives, 339 top tens, 28 pulls, and led over 10,200 laps in his career. Also having wins with Roush, Penske, Stuart Haas, Chip Ganassi, and 23-11 racing. I think he is the only driver... In Cup Series history, you have five wins of five uh, different teams. To win with five different teams, I should say. But overall, an amazing career for Kurt Busch. Easily a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Uh, is he a first ballot? Possibly. Uh, but overall, it's, it's been an incredible opportunity to watch Kurt Busch. We went, he went from a driver that everybody loved, that everybody absolutely hated uh, mid, in the middle of his career, to another a driver that everybody loved once again. Uh, again, he won a little rough patch in the middle of his career, but again, he made up for it. I think he... Uh, proved himself. Uh, but again, absolutely incredible career. Easily going to be a Hall of Famer at some point in his career. Uh, but again, sad to hear that Kurt Busch will be leaving uh, full cup racing next year. But his replacement will be coming over to 23-11 as has been announced. Tyler Reddick's contract with Richard Children Racing has been bought out. And he'll be racing for 23-11 racing next year in that 45 car from the sounds of it as of right now. Uh, this was announced. Uh, a year was, he was previously announced that he had another year with Richard Childers Racing, but again, that has been bought out, which now gives Kyle Busch, who was going to be racing the number eight car next year, uh, be with teammate uh, Austin Dillon by himself in 2023. So again, Redick will be going to 23-11 racing next year early to fill in for Kurt Busch in that 45 car, as I expect. Also, some other news coming out of NASCAR. Tony Stewart was not pleased with NASCAR receiving the fine from Cole Custer uh, block last week, which cost the team 50 points and uh, a $100,000 fine for Cole Custer and his crew chief. Uh, was this a harsh penalty? I do believe it was a little bit of a harsh penalty. Uh, again, you have teammates on the track for a reason. They're supposed to help you out. Uh, it, you could hear on the radio that he's telling him that he might be having a tire issue, so he's telling him to slow down, which caused the two cars behind him to slow down. It's allowed his teammate to fly by both of them. Um... Uh, 
Again, we've seen this multiple times. We've seen Chase Elliott do it for, I believe it was Kyle Larson at Bristol, which allowed him to win last year in that race to advance. Uh, there was no penalty in that one. So this happens all the time in NASCAR, I believe. So I'm kind of shocked they threw a penalty out for this one. Uh, and they even said that if Briscoe wouldn't have, uh, if, if Briscoe would have been able to advance because of the points he received from that, which he was would have been tied to Larson if he didn't get those two positions, that they would have, sounds like, taken Briscoe's playoff spot away from him and gave it to Larson, which would have gave been a huge outcry for that one. So again, interesting call by NASCAR on that one. I don't agree with it. I think it's just teamwork. That's how racing works. You have teammates on the track for a reason. They're supposed to help you out if you need help. And that's exactly what he was trying to get out of that. So again, a weird call. And Tony Stewart not happy saying if he didn't have any appearances in NASCAR for the remainder of the season, he would not be at the track at all for this season. But again, uh, Stewart not happy. He does still have a driver in the playoffs with Chase Briscoe. So we'll, he should be at least happy, a little bit happy with that. But again, not happy with the way NASCAR was handling this blocking situation. Also, Alex Bowman has announced that he'll be out for the next two races at Homestead and Martinsville to recover from his concussion. Uh, again, he suffered a concussion at Texas Motor Speedway after hitting the wall, uh, which brings in car safety again, which NASCAR held its second meeting with cup drivers to discuss the safety of the next-gen cars, as according to ESPN. So glad NASCAR is getting up with their drivers and talking to them with it and trying to figure out what they can do to fix this problem with the cars and make sure it's safer for the drivers so we don't have concussion issues going into the 2023 season. Also, some news in racing overall. Rockingham Speedway is set to repave their track this month to hope to attract NASCAR back. They'll be adding lights to the track, remodeling the suites, and adding 5,000 seats to the Little Rock section. I would love to see Rockingham back. I thought they put on some entertaining racing uh, back in the early 2000s. I think that's when they left NASCAR was in about the mid-2000s. But a uh, very exciting track, a very short track with a very high baking, kind of like a Kind of like a Richmond slash Dover mixture, I guess is a good way to put the track. But a very cool track in South Carolina. I uh, hope they do bring that. I believe it's in South Carolina. It's in one of the Carolinas. I think I remember it being in South Carolina. I might be wrong on that one. But either way, I would love to see Rockingham back. Uh, beautiful track. I think a fun track to go to. And would love to see it back on the NASCAR schedule. So hoping this repavement goes well. Everything uh, they're doing hopefully gets turned around quickly. And hopefully we see Rockingham possibly back in NASCAR by 2024 or 2025. Also, let's go down the series real quickly. We'll talk about Josh Berry pick up the win at Vegas. Become the first Xfinity driver to lock up his spot in the championship four. Also, we'll talk about Haley Deegan who made her first career Xfinity start. Uh, finishing in 13th in that one, which is the best finish by a woman in Xfinity Series history in her first race. So congratulations to Haley Deegan in that one. Uh, an excellent first start. Again, would not be surprised if she uh, gets a full-time ride in the Xfinity Series uh, next year with all the sponsors. And, of course, having a great finish as well. So it looks like she's handling the car a little better in the Xfinity Series than she is the Truck Series. Now let's head over to a little bit of a hand-on-hand combat as we go to the MMA as this week we have UFC 280 coming up on October 22nd. A uh, lot of big fights this win, two, including two championship fights. As for the lightweight championship, we have the number one contender, Charles Alavare, taking on the number four uh, seed coming to this one, Islam Makovic. As a big fight in this one, Makovic uh, being a huge fighter. He's the currently the favorite in this match. So let's, let's see if Makovic will be able to pick up the win over... A, Avale, Avare, uh, Charles Avare in this one. Uh, Beltonweight Championship will be on the line. The champion, uh, Jamain Sterling. The champion will be taking on number, the number two contender, uh, TJ Dillonshaw in the uh, Beltonweight rankings. As the number one uh, seed in the Beltonweight rankings will be fighting in this show as well. As number one, Peter Yan will be taking on number 11, Sean O'Malley. Uh, so I'm guessing if Jan wins this one, he'll be next in line for a championship match. And then we also have a, a big women's flyweight match as the number one uh, seed, uh, Caitlin Krukayan, uh, uh, will be taking on the number six in belt uh, flyweight, um, Manan uh, Fayogo. So again, a big women's fight in that one. The winner of this one will probably be getting a, number, uh, a title shot for the flyweight women's championship as well. So those are the four big fights happening in UFC 280. Uh, again, that is happening on October 22nd. Also, we got some uh, updates for some matches that will be coming up in UFC 282, which will be on December 10th, as Yuri uh, Pohaska will be defending his light heavyweight championship against Glover Teixeira in a rematch of UFC 275, which, of course, we see Pohaska get, 
pick up the win in that one. Uh, also, another light heavyweight match which will probably be determined the number one contender for the championship after the title match. Jan uh, Bokovic will be taking on Magumed. Uh, I know I'm going to struggle with this one. Magumed uh, Akilov. Akil uh, in UFC 82, as Mike Omoto and ESPN have reported. Uh, so a big fight between these two. I'm not going to try to say their names again because I know I'm going to butcher them. Uh, so the winner of that match will take on the winner of the main event probably in UFC 282. So two big matches added to that card. Again, that will be happening on December 10th. Also announced by UFC, which I'm kind of surprised they were allowed to do this. UFC has announced that the fighters will no longer be able to wager on promotion fights. Uh, again, I'm shocked that UFC allowed their fighters to do that. Uh, to gamble on fights. Again, as long as I guess they're not a part of it, I guess it makes sense. But again, UFC's fighters will not be able to gamble on fights any longer. And now we'll head over to the NBA, which their season will begin on Tuesday night on October 18th. The NBA regular season begins as two big games happening on the night. As we'll start off the season with the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Boston Celtics. That game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. A uh, big game for the Boston Celtics as they've had a lot of talk going on this offseason with their head coach getting suspended for the season and hopes of returning back to the NBA Finals where they lost last year to the Golden State Warriors. And the Sixers are looking to somehow make their way to the NBA Finals. As soon as year in, year in, and year out, they get close to it but cannot capitalize in the playoffs. So we'll see if this might be the year for the Sixers to advance out of the East and make it to the Finals. And for the second game of the night, the Battle of Two California teams as LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers take on the NBA champion Golden State Warriors at 10 o'clock p.m. As a lot of storylines coming out for the Golden State Warriors this week. As, of course, earlier, the, uh, earlier last week, we heard about D uh, Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in the face. Well, Warriors coach Steve Kerr said they will not be suspending him, uh, as I believe he came back to practice earlier this week. Uh, that's according to Fox Sports. Also, a couple of big contract extensions for the Golden State Warriors is Jordan Poole agrees to a four-year, $140 million contract extension. That is according to ESPN. Uh, Poole with a great season last year, averaging 18.5 points per game, a 45% field goal percentage, 3.5 rebounds per game, and 4 assists per game. And also getting extension for the Warriors was Andrew Wiggins, who agreed to a four-year, $109 million extension, again, according to ESPN. He averaged 17 points per game last year, 47% field goal percentage, and a 4.5 rebounds per game and 2 assists. So a big couple of big key signings to keep with the team. Uh, to keep with, of course, uh, Draymond Green, uh, Thompson, and also Steph Curry as well. So, again, Golden State keeping their team loaded as the most full team in the NBA. And you would have to believe this team is easily the number one. Uh, Going to be the favorite to win the NBA championship this year. Let me try to pull that up real quickly and see who is the... I've got to believe they'd be the favorite. I'm guessing Philly and Boston would be up there as well as I wait for this to pull up here real quickly. But again, uh, this should be a very exciting NBA season. Uh, excited to see what's going to happen in the East. A lot could be going on in that one. As well as what's going to happen in the West. is uh, Again, a lot could happen. Hopefully I can get this up here real quickly. As Let's see. Championships. Okay, so the favorites to win the championship... So we have a three-way tie right now to be for your NBA champions for the favorites. So we have the Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, and LA Clippers as the favorites on DraftKings. All at plus 600. Brooklyn Nets come in at fourth at plus 700. The Milwaukee Bucks come in at fifth at plus 800. Suns at sixth at plus 1,200. 76ers at plus 1,500 and seventh. And the LA Lakers and Denver Nuggets tied for the 8th best overall odds at plus 1,800. And Miami Miami Heat wrap out the top 10 at plus 2,000 overall odds. So Clippers looking to have a good team this year. Of course, Paul George on that team. Uh, and also uh, Leonard as well on that team. Both of them trying to get the Sixers team up and past the Western Conference. I, actually, are they trying to get them to the Western Conference Finals is a big thing for them. So we'll see if they'll be able to do that this year as well. Again, being one of the favorites of this year in the league. So a lot of exciting things are happening in the NBA season, which again is kicking off on Tuesday night on October 18th with two big games. Again, the Sixers versus the Celtics and the Lakers taking on the Golden State Warriors. But again, that is all the sports I got to talk about here today. Again, a lot of great action happened this week. 
All sports are going right now. We have the MLB playoffs going on. Who's going to advance between the Cleveland Guardians and New York Yankees in that game five? We'll have to find out and see here. The NHL season also began last week, so keep an eye on what's going on throughout the season on that one. NBA season beginning on Tuesday. Again, a couple of big games, and all the games teams will be playing on Wednesday as well. Uh, NFL, a lot of great games happening last week in that one. Going, continuing this week, going into week seven as we inch closer to the halfway mark. College football, a lot of big games happening last week, taking out six undefeated teams last week. And now we continue that season, see which teams will remain undefeated as four undefeated teams will be at risk this week. And then in NASCAR playoffs, we get ready for the second race in the round of eight as they head to Homestead. Uh, Miami Speedway to see who will possibly lock up their ticket at that race or will they have to head to Martinsville to see who the remaining three drivers will be to go to the championship four at Phoenix Raceway. But again, that is all the sports I have to talk about here today. Thank you guys for tuning with me. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and at Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. I know you can mess with me quite as our topics like to hear on the show. You can tweet with me during the events. Also, don't forget to subscribe and or follow button to get alerted so the newest episodes are released. Again, I am on all major platforms for podcasts. That includes Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others, iHeartRadio. Uh, again, wherever you find your podcast, I should the show should be on there. Again, you can subscribe uh, on any of those at any of those uh, apps. And also, don't forget, again, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button to make sure you get the new alerts when the newest episodes are released. Uh, later on in the day, I'll be posting uh, uh, my thoughts on what happened on WWE's Monday Night Raw uh, on Tuesday. Again, on Wednesday, I'll be talking about the NFL in the week seven in the NFL. Talk about all the games that are going on from last week, who my predictions are for that week. Also on Wednesday, we'll be talking about NXT, what happened on that night. Also talking about AEW Dynamite, what happened on that show. Then we go to Friday, we'll do a preview for the WWE NXT Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, which will be happening on Saturday. And on Saturday, we'll talk about what happened on Friday Night SmackDown. Sunday, we'll be talking about what happened during the NXT pay-per-view. And we'll wrap back around on Tuesday. We'll talk about Monday Night Raw once again. And the next episode, talk about what happened in the week of sports. So again, thank you guys for listening here today. I appreciate you guys joining me. I am your host, Cole Marins, and you guys all have a great day.